Amen. Thank you so much, Jim. If you have your Bibles, I pray that you do. Uh, turn with me to the book of Galatians this morning, chapter 1. Book of Galatians, chapter 1. If you don't have a Bible, there should be a Bible in the pew that you can use. Also, if you don't have one that you own, um, we would love to give you that copy from our church. Um, so, turn to the Galatians, chapter 1. Today is a very special day. Um, one, because um, we appreciate my family and I just want to say thank you for everything that you have done and said over the last few weeks about us being here for five years. And thank you for uh, to the personnel team in the church for doing a reception for us following the services. We truly, truly appreciate you all and thank you for allowing us to serve in the capacities that we have over the last five years. And we pray that there would be many more years to come. Um, around 10 months ago, I stood in this exact same spot. And I was able to stand in this pulpit and preach a message and encourage the people of Mount Pleasant, a message that said something along the lines of, we need to stay together. We need to not run because running would be the easy thing to do. And I would challenge us to be unified during this time for the sake of the gospel during the interim period. I don't know if you remember that day. I remember that day like it was yesterday. And I remember coming to the pulpit knowing that we don't have a lead pastor during this time. But with that said, I remember I said something like this. The easy thing to do would be to run, but Jesus never... In the future. Now, don't get me wrong. We still need to continue to grow. We need to continue to grow in our unity with one another. We need to continue to grow in our compassion for this community. And we need to continue to grow in our burden for the lost. We should always strive and desire to grow. But with that said, this morning is going to be just a little bit different in the way I approach uh, the teaching and preaching of the scriptures. I'm what some scholars would call an expository preacher. I like to teach and preach the text as it was meant to be read and taught. You know, not to try to take it out of context in, in any degree. So we're still going to do that. But we're going to also look very practically what this passage says to Mount Pleasant Baptist Church during this season that we are in. Because what I want to do is I just want to personally as a pastor speak from this scripture some things I believe will help impact us in the coming weeks, months, and years. See, we're closing in on a very monumental day for Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. Let me just say, uh, from Pastor Andy and I both, we are extremely excited about this next weekend. We have met the candidate. 
We, we, we were thrilled when we were able to sit down and meet with him and talk with him. We are excited about the, uh, the potential of him coming. We, we also believe that the Lord has brought us to this point and that the lead pastor search team has found the man that God has, has called to be our next lead pastor. We are thrilled. But with that said, we're closing in on a monumental day for Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. On a day where we quite possibly and prayerfully, this is my prayer, selfishly, and I pray it is the will of God that we would in the future, in the next week, call the fourth lead pastor of Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. That's a monumental day. That's huge. And if that's the case, I believe Galatians chapter 1, verses 6 through 10 can help us with guidance for that future. So if you don't mind and you're able to, please stand with me for the reading of God's word. Galatians chapter 1, starting with verse 6, says this. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the, in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we are an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one who uh, we preach to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one received, let him be accursed. And this is the passage I want us to focus on this verse uh, for, primar- for our primary time this morning. Verse 10. For I am... Now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. Let's pray. Jesus, I pray that we would please you. I pray we would be about the one thing, which is the one gospel. And I pray that you would give us, uh, you would give us some clarity this morning on what that looks like for Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. I pray this in your name. Amen. You may be seated. We're going to spend the majority of our time, we're going to, in an expositional way, we're going to look at this entire passage, but we're going to spend the majority of our time here on verse 10 and what verse 10 says. It says this, For I am now seeking the approval of man or of God. Am I, am I trying to seek what man wants or am I trying to seek what God wants? And then he continues by saying, or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. So we're going to look at this idea of what it means for the church to seek the approval of God rather than man. Now that's a difficult conversation. And the reason that can be a difficult conversation is because there are not many people who are wired to do what what this passage is saying because this is what tends to happen. We tend to have two different types of people. Now, there is a third type, and we want to be the third type. But this is what tends to happen. We tend to have two different types of people. You have the type of person who won't address conflict at all. Like, they will do whatever pleases 
the person around them. Like, whatever it means to make sure I don't have to be in the middle of conflict, whatever it is to make sure that I please everyone that's around me, that's the decision I'm going to make so I can stay out of it. All right? That's not where I've come from. But there's another type of group, which I'm trying to get out of this as much as I can. Uh, And it's the type of group that wants to always be in the middle of conflict or not, not necessarily always be in the middle of conflict, but they don't, they, they don't, they are not scared of conflict. And because they are not scared of conflict, they jump into conflict, causing more conflict instead of in a gracious way, speaking truth and truth into the life of conflict to show the grace of Jesus in every single situation. See, we don't have to, we don't have to get the approval of every single man, but when we disagree with one another, when we do disagree and we think that it is a a gospel issue, we speak truth, but we are called to do so in a way way that shows the grace of God. And there are just like, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to move into the third category, which is the category of, hey, you know what? We don't like conflict, but we want to, we want to be approved by God. And when necessary, I will say what I feel like the Lord has laid on my heart, but I'm going to do so in a way that shows grace and mercy. So a lot of us just aren't wired to do, be that third person. We either just let everyone run us over or we run everyone else over. Instead of speak truth, show grace, and show mercy. So This morning, I just want to give us three simple things. I believe that when we look at Galatians chapter one, verse 10, about being approved of God and having the approval of God that that will help us in the next few weeks and months and years. Number one, we must seek the approval of God and not man for this church. Let me say that again. We, we must seek the approval of God and not man for this church. Look at, look at verse 6 here. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and turning to a different gospel. If we're going to seek the approval of God here at Mount Pleasant Baptist Church, then we must not neglect the things of God which starts with making sure the gospel is the only thing that matters, the one thing that matters, the most important thing that matters. See, we live in a culture that wants to neglect God, that wants to neglect the things of God. All you have to do is open up your newspaper on a daily basis or your iPhones or turn on Fox News, CNN, MSNBC. You will see constantly we are living in a world and a nation that wants to neglect the things of God church we cannot if there is one place that cannot neglect the things of God it must be the church churches in our culture are also neglecting the things of God we cannot be one of them we never can be one of them I see far too many churches who are more about the entertainment aspect or appeasing people rather than the gospel. And we can't be that church. 
We need to continue to stand on the gospel in all things. May that be the most important thing. You're going to hear a lot next weekend. I'm sure about three different words. You're probably going to hear a lot about unity. You're probably going to hear a lot about prayer. And you're going to hear a lot about missions. Here's the thing. If we are a unified people, and if we are a praying people, and if we're on mission for God, we will not neglect the things of God. Do you agree with that? That if we're going to be, if we are unified and we are praying for this church and this community, and we are on mission in this community and throughout the world, we, we, it's just our instinct to do the things of God. But often we don't do the things of God because we are not unified, because we are not praying, and we are not on mission. If we as a church are going to seek the approval of God, we're concerned about one thing, and that's the gospel. Let's not place things in the proper place, but let's as a church make sure the most important thing is the most important thing. Verse 10 again, for, I am, for am I seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. See, what, 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 what the Apostle Paul is saying here is, you know what? If you are truly a Christian, you should want to please God above anything else. You should want to be about the gospel above anything else. See, this passage, it doesn't explain necessarily the, the, the content of the gospel. Actually, the entire book of Galatians explains the content of the gospel where it talks about we, we must live by faith and, and the righteous shall live by faith and what the law is. If you read the rest of the book, you'll see what the gospel is. But rather, this shows how crucial the gospel is. How crucial it is that we are seeking the approval of God in everything that we do. See, the Galatians are starting to turn away to what Paul said. There are times where things are more important than the gospel. And I'm not even talking about things in church. I mean, there are things outside of church in, in my everyday life and in my everyday, in, in, in my everyday of doing things that sometimes come as more important than the gospel. So we say that, and then we have to ask the question, how do we make sure the gospel is the most important thing? How do we make sure that we are seeking the approval of God here at Mount Pleasant? Because it's easy to make a point like that, and it's easy to challenge people like that, but how do, how do we put that into action? It's one word that we can say. Accountability. God has called us to keep one another accountable to be about the gospel. God has called us to keep one another accountable to seek the approval of God and not the approval of man. That means, church, we need to spend time with people. You can't have accountability if you're not spending time with people. You know, there, there have been, I don't know if you, you've ever thought about this, but some of the craziest, craziest things that are ever said or ever are said it by church people and in a church. Like, 
I've been in ministry uh, over 15 years now. And some of the things I've heard just in churches, I'm like, are you serious? So in my last church, some of you might know this, some of you might not. I was actually a lead pastor. So, you know, our church was like 200, 250 people. Um, I, I, was, I was the guy who was preaching every Sunday. Loved it. I still love preaching. Just now I preach to students, okay? Uh, so I was a lead pastor, and we were, we were gaining a lot of young people, okay? So probably within my first year, we probably, for a church of 200, this is, uh, uh, this is a good growth thing. We probably had 20 to 25 young people. What I mean young is like between the age of 22 to 30 who start coming to our church. There were some people who were very discontent that the age of our church was changing. And what I started to do um, is I started to meet with individuals who were upset, who were unhappy. Okay, so I would go and I would take a pastor with me and, and I would sit down with them. I'd say, okay, how can we work through this? This is who we are. This is what we're about. We're reaching people. We're getting younger people in. What, what can I, you know, and, and it wasn't all, all the people who were upset were not upset just because we we're getting younger people, but there was a good majority that were. I remember this one conversation. I took our associate pastor with me and I sat down with this guy who was probably around 40, um, so yeah, there's a lot of people who are upset about you bringing younger people in. And you draw, you drawing younger people on. It's just kind of like, what? Are you serious? We're reaching people and you're complaining to me about it? So, so I, I just didn't get it. Uh, and that's where the associate pastor would be like, Joe, Joe, calm down, calm down. Um, but he, he was explaining to me that there, there was people who were upset about it and stuff. So I started to change my, my direction on how to approach these issues. And what I would do is I would go in and I would just start, I would listen to him and then I would say, what is your suggestion? I hear your complaint, so what's your suggestion? Some crazy things that people say in church. This was his suggestion. I suggest that you dye your beard and dye your hair gray and you will start earning more respect from the older people in the church. Some of the crazy things, like, I am very often, or I'm very rarely left speechless, but that was one of the times. I, I, I didn't know what to say. I wish I could go back to him today and say, hey, I didn't even have to dye my beard. It just automatically turned gray. But I say that to say this, church, we got to keep each other accountable about the gospel. It's, sometimes it's hard to have conversations and sit down with people and say, hey, what is the issue? What is the problem? But we have to as a church, not just, not just pastoral staff or the lead pastor or the deacons, but we as a church have to keep each other accountable. See, the Lord has given us a church and when we read the New Testament, when you start reading the New Testament and you see the early church in the book of Acts and throughout the rest of the uh, New Testament, we see that the church gives us leaders, known as pastors, known as elders. He gives us leaders. 
The church is accountable to make sure that those leaders and those pastors and elders and the committees and all those things are centered on the gospel. But it's also there, the church is there to help make sure that one another are centered on the gospel. So when conversations come up, that aren't gospel center, we need to ask, is this seeking the approval of man or is this seeking the approval of God? I wonder if you've ever heard the story about the three pastors who decided to have an accountability group. So they decided that they were going to share their most darkest secret or their darkest sin. So the first pastor goes in there and says, please, please do not tell my church but I'm an alcoholic. So they pray for him and they move on. And the second pastor uh, gets ready to share and he says, if my people knew I was a compulsive gambler, they would fire me. And then the third pastor gets up and he says, I hate to admit it, but I'm addicted to gossip and I can't wait to get out of here. (laughs) See, If we can create not that type of accountability, but the accountability that stands on the gospel, then God will encourage us and use us. See, it seems like Christians are often better at talking about other things or other people than dealing with gospel issues. The example that we see here is there are people in in churches who distort the gospel. We see that in verse 6, and then we also see that in verse 7. Not that there is another one. There's not another gospel. But that there are some who trouble, who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. The church is to keep us accountable. Pastors, elders lead. Committees lead. While the church keeps us and one another accountable. People in this day and age do not like accountability. You know why? It's not pleasing to men. Who wants to sit down with someone and say, hey, you've done something wrong? Or who wants to be on the receiving end of, you shouldn't have done it this way? That's not popular in this day and age, but that is the gospel. Here's the thing, church. We can't be okay with ourselves or anyone else saying something like this. I just don't feel like at home in this church because there aren't enough, you fill in the blank. There aren't enough homeschoolers or there aren't enough Republicans or there aren't enough young people or there are not enough old people. There are not enough singles or not, there's not enough married people or there are not enough Cubans or Puerto Ricans or there's not enough business people or bikers or surfers. That's not the gospel. We want everyone. We want everyone in here. There's not enough lost people in here. That's what we need, and that needs to be our mentality. So you get the point. We need to reevaluate our hearts, and we need to keep each other accountable, make sure the most important thing is the most important thing. The church isn't about you. Church is about the bigger picture of Jesus Christ and the cross and what he did on the cross. Tim Keller Great, great pastor. And actually, he used to pastor in Hopewell. Now he's at a really big church in New York. He says this. Because the gospel is endlessly rich, it can handle the burden of being the one main thing 
in the church. Because the gospel is endlessly rich. It can handle that burden of being the one main thing in the church. And we want to make it the main thing. So we must seek the approval of God and not man in this church. Point number two, we must seek the approval of God and not man for this community. We must seek the approval of God and not man for this community. Because the church of Galatia is not concerned with doctrinal or is not concerned with doctrinal integrity, it doesn't truly have a passion for the community. If we have a passion for the community, we're concerned about how the gospel is presented. If we are truly the church of God that pleases God, we must first show the community that we love them because we love the gospel first. We need, we need to be a church that's in the community, that's about the community, but that shows that we care for them and we love them because we love the gospel first. It's not a, we sort of like the gospel, but rather that we love you because we love the gospel. See, here's a problem is when churches, affiliations become more important than the gospel itself or their decision-making is less about Jesus and more about the church. See, our our decision-making, the things that we do and the way that we lead should be more about who Jesus is rather than who the church is. We, we, We are led by the Holy Spirit and not by men. Be involved in this community. Show them that you care. Invite them to be a part of this fellowship here. Ask them if they know Jesus. Think about this. I was reading, I was reading a book by Dr. Alvin Reed. It's called Evangelism Handbook. I was reading it this past week. Um, and he was talking about how statistics show that about 75% of professing believers have not sh- either shared the gospel or invited one person to church over the last year. I, I, I really want that to sink in right now. You want to you wanna grow a church? One, I, I want a leader for this church. Again, I can't say enough how excited I am about this weekend. But the one thing, the, the one thing that I think the prospective pastor would say, and I think we'll probably hear him say it, is we have to be a part of the gospel. We have to be sharing Jesus with people and we have to be a part of inviting them to church. Don't expect that to be just the responsibility of one man because you are setting him up for failure if you think that's his responsibility. It is the responsibility of the church to help grow the church. God will do it. He just wants you to be a part of it. He just wants you to take action with it. See, the book of Galatians helps us understand the import of the importance of being with people and sharing the gospel with them. How are you in the community building relationships for the sake of sharing the gospel? Gospel faithfulness in the community must be a priority for our church moving forward. Being involved in the community must be a priority for our church moving forward. This isn't a certain group of people. It's the church It seems like the church sometimes can be okay with the whole, 
well, this group does kind of the community thing. I do this portion. You know, well, I teach Sunday school for children, so I don't have to be a part of the the community thing. No, we're all in this community together. God has placed us here. So if you are if you are if you are here, if you are living in this proximity, Paul says, "Be all things to all people," which means be a part of the community. Show them that you love Jesus. We all must be actively participating in this community. Why? Because that's the gospel. We see that all throughout scripture. If you look at the early church, they're all up in everyone's business. And the reason is because they want to, they want to build relationships with people. They want to open up their homes. They want to invite people into their homes for the sake of sharing Jesus with them. Let's together as a church start doing that more in our community. And being more active in our community. If we're really serious about the gospel, we know that we must make an impact in this community. Which means we must be okay with all different types of people. Uh, a couple weeks ago, we had, um, in the I think it was 11 o'clock service, we had a group of bikers that came in and they sat in like the second or third row. And they took up the entire pew. And what they're doing is they're going, for, going around to different churches just showing their support and their ministry. And I thought to myself, yes! We want all different types of people in this church, all different types of color, all different types of backgrounds, all different types of professionals. We want all those people here because the gospel is what saves them. What they do in their career isn't what saves them. What political party that they're a part of isn't what saves them. What color or skin they are isn't what saves them. The way they look isn't what saves them, but rather Jesus is what saves them and worry about other things afterwards. Jesus is the one who takes care and deals with the sin. We just need to be a part of the community and get them here and be okay with them being here. Let's be honest for a minute. Some of us are not okay with all types of people. We struggle with different types of people. Pray about it. Ask Jesus to help you with that. Because we want every type of lost person in this building and it starts with us being the hands and feet of Jesus in the community. Our community has all t- different types of people here. Also, the body of Christ has all different types of people. Better yet, this church has all different types of people. Let's have so many different people here as we can for the sake of one thing, the gospel. Let's look like the early church. Let's look like what the church will look like in heaven. Because let me tell you, There are all different types of people going to heaven. But they're all sinners. That's the one thing we do have in common. They're all all sinners. They all need Jesus. So we must seek the approval of God and not man for this church. And we must seek seek the approval of God and not man for this community. And thirdly, is we must seek the approval of God and not man for this world. 
Three very simple points. There's nothing complex about what's being said this morning. But the question I do have for us as a church today is do you think we could do more for missions? Do you think we could possibly do more for the church? You know, Pastor Brian told me that our church was one of the largest giving churches in the state of Virginia for the SBCV offering last year. That makes me excited. That I'm proud to be able to say that to you this morning. My question is, don't you think we could still do more? See, we make all the excuses possible about why we are not involved in missions. Because whenever I say missions... We have to think about the world. It's not just, we want to love and care for the community, but missions is every lost person all around the world. And we make all the excuses possible about why we're not more missional. It's like my three-year-old when it's time for bed. She makes all the excuses possible why it's not time for bed. Daddy, I'm not tired. Yes, you are. You're about to get more tired if you don't go to bed. Daddy, I'm hungry. Well, you probably should have thought about that two hours ago when we ate dinner. Daddy, I'm thirsty. I need something to drink. Do you have water that's sitting right on your table, right by your bed? I think you can drink that. Like, my three-year-old will find every excuse on why it's not bedtime. Why it's not, why she's not ready for bed. And we do the same thing when it comes to missions. We find every excuse why we are not more missional. See, if we go to, the, to most of the places around the world, you'll find one thing. You'll find one thing you'll find about churches that we see here in Galatians chapter 1 is a lot of those churches struggle with what the gospel actually is in its mission and in its proclamation and in its discipleship. Just like we see here in the, in the book of Galatians, the church of Galatia, where they're saying, hey, some people are turning to a different gospel and there is no other gospel. Here's the problem. There are, there are many churches around this world who do not have the resources we have. They don't understand discipleship. They don't understand that, you know, uh, that we should be reading our Bible daily. They don't understand these things. And, and, and some of those churches where you'll find the people who are really serious are much more serious than the American church, but you'll find this as well. There are many people who turn to a different gospel just because they don't know better. So we can no longer make excuses for for why we aren't being more missional because we read this and we we see about people turning to a different gospel and there are people all across this world who are doing the same thing and we cannot be okay with that. Many churches struggle exactly with what Galatia struggled with. Following false teachers and false gospels. I've been to, I haven't been a lot of places, but I've been to Guatemala, I've been to India, I've been to Thailand, and I've been to Belize, I've been to Mexico. And it seems like every single place that I've been to, they still have this thing where, like, people in the church don't have 
resources like we have here. And because of that, it's hard to get people to understand that we should be discipling one another. So they bring in groups and they bring in missionaries and they bring in, uh, you know, pastors and churches like Mount Pleasant and they go in there and they try to teach them about what discipleship is and what discipleship is about. So they don't turn to a different gospel so that they understand the true gospel so that the, the leaders in the church can do the work of the ministry as we see in Ephesians and so that the church members can do the work of the ministry as we see in Ephesians. And, and we pray that we would be more missional than ever before in this season and this period of Mount Pleasant Baptist Church in this monumental time here at Mount Pleasant. Let's not forget that the local church is God's plan to reach people. The local church here, the local church all across the world is God's plan to reach people. Some of these people love the Lord and are Christians. They just, they don't know any better. They follow false teachers because they don't know any better. I remember sitting in a taxi with Wynn Fox and he had a pastor right next to him and the pastor was talking about how he was listening to people like Benny Hinn and Joel Osteen. And Wentz like, no, no, don't do that. And the pastor's like, well, they say they're Christians. He goes, just because they say they're Christians doesn't mean they are. And I remember went for the next hour discipling that pastor about what it means to, to say you're a Christian. We'll ask them questions, listen to their message, see if they talk about forgiveness and repentance and, and see if they are truly Christians. I thought to myself, this is someone who's leading our churches over, over there. And went said, this is the biggest problem overseas in India. Is It's not that they don't love Jesus because that pastor, he loved Jesus as much as about anyone I've ever met. He doesn't know better. And we need to be more missional. We need to be more missional. What if, as we move into this monumental moment for Mount Pleasant, if we became more missional than ever? May we stre- be stretched as the church in our giving to missions. And I say that as individual church members, may we be stretched in our giving towards missions, and may we as the church as a whole be stretched in our giving towards mission. May we be stretched as our church, as a church, in our going on mission. It's my prayer that if we hire this next lead pastor, that over the next year, over the next two years, we will have more people going on mission trips than ever before. Be a part of it. Let's not make excuses. Let's be less concerned about the approval of men here or across the world and be more concerned about the one thing, the gospel. The gospel to the nations. So when you look at this passage, what approves, what is approval from God? It's the gospel from here to the ends of the earth. Now, some of you here this morning might not even know what that means. You might hear about our responsibility as the church. You might think, I just, I, I don't even have a relationship with Jesus. If that's you this morning, 
get your relationship right with him. What does that mean, pastor? It means that you ask the Lord to forgive you of your sins. It means that you believe that Jesus Christ died and rose again from the dead. And it means that you ask Jesus to actually come into your life and be Lord and Savior. If you do that this morning, I can tell you there's at least one person you'll approve of that will approve of it, and that's God. There are many more in here that would approve of that as well. Mount Pleasant, I, I just, I pray that we would look at this historical moment coming up for this church, one that we would be excited, but not just that, that we would want the approval of God and not man for this church, this community, and this world. Join me as we pray for that. Jesus, I thank you for this opportunity here this morning. I thank you for always showing us how you care for us, how you love us, and what we are called to. God, I pray that as we have a time of response this morning, that there would be people who would be praying in their seats, praying at their altar about how we can, as a church and as individuals, seek the approval of God in this church, in this community, throughout this world. Please help us, God. Pray for anyone who might not know you. To God, today would be the day of salvation. I pray this in your name. Amen.